always want to be on this journey of making progress, not being perfect, but making progress in our life, that we would be learning more to be like Christ, to, to live more out of what He calls us to, what He wants us to do, who He, who he wants us to be. And in order to do that, it, it, it involves us taking steps forward. And sometimes we're going to take some steps backwards, and sometimes it's going to mean we might feel like we're taking some steps sideways, or, or maybe we feel a little bit stuck. But the idea would be as we journey uh, our faith together, and what we're going to do is we're going to look at I call him the most relatable disciple, and I don't know if that just says something more about me than anyone else, but we're actually going to be looking at the life of Peter. Uh, Peter, to me, is the ultimate two steps forward, one step back kind of dude. Sometimes I reckon in Peter's life, it was like one step forward, about four steps backwards. But at the end of the day, he had this desire and passion to follow Jesus and to do whatever it kind of took. He was willing to, to do whatever it would take. Sometimes he, whatever he thought it would take was just the wrong way about it. And so I relate to him a lot. But we're going to have a look over the next few weeks at the life of Peter and see where he was able to make progress in his journey of faith and what that means to us. Does that sound all right? That's good. And uh, if you're joining us online as well, it's great to, to have you with us. And uh, we are going to have a look at the start of this uh, calling of Peter. And, and Jesus in Matthew 4, uh, 18, 22, these are going to be our verses uh, today. And it says, One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once, and they followed him. Verse 21, it says, a little farther up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Maybe a picture this scene for a minute. I love sometimes reading scriptures and then just being able to kind of figure out what that looked like. So you've got Jesus walking along the sea. He looks out, he sees two, two guys fishing. And he kind of says, hey, you know what? You, you, you're fishing for fish at the moment. I'm going to teach you to fish for people. So just drop your net and let's go. I don't know if you've got any fishing people out there, any, any fishermen. Jacob in the cafe, actually, he's Michelle's son. He's actually taken up uh, fishing uh, just recently, so I started calling him Jake the Snake or Jake Grills. Uh, but he, he, he loves fishing. I know Mon, who's watching online, she loves fishing. If you want a, a good fishing misadventure, uh, ask Mon about her fishing trips, particularly what squid catching is like. Maybe you're a fisherman online, you can drop a little fishing emoji uh, in there. Mon's looking to gather a group of fisher people that can go squid catching, so chuck that in there, she'll follow you up, the squid group will call you, but these guys are fishing, that's their job, like world deadliest catch, that's how I figure it, these guys are out there, uh, you know, they're, they're fishing for a living, and a rabbi, a teacher, comes and says, don't worry about that, come with me, and I'll teach you to do something else. I picture it kind of being like, maybe being a brickie, kind of out there, you know, you're, you're building your walls, and Pastor Dean walks past, and he's like, hey man, I see you building a house there. Come with me and I'll show you how to build something else. And let's go, leave your bricks behind, you know? It's a little bit of a, a crazy thought. It's not known whether they've met Jesus before. They certainly would have realized that Jesus was a rabbi and, and giving up years of your life to go and follow a teacher was not uncommon practice. It was a, a privilege to be able to go and learn and study and become a disciple of a rabbi. So we know some of that context, but we're not sure actually how much they knew Jesus. But the journey starts for, for Peter in this situation, out there fishing, doing his job, and Jesus comes and calls him to more for his life. 
I don't think there's anything wrong with being a fisherman. Please don't hear that. If you like, don't tell Jacob that I don't like fishing. If you, if you, if you like fishing, there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with being a fisherman. There's nothing wrong with what they were doing. But Jesus paints this vision to them, almost parable-like, the way Jesus always tends to do it. There's not a lot of detail, but it's like, hey, you're 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 fishing to catch fish right now. He says, so I'm going to teach you how to fish for people, teach you how to be a fisher of men. Some of the other translations would say. There's not a a great deal of clarity in that, yet immediately they're able to discard their nets and follow after Jesus. You know, the thing that's going to get us moving forward that we see out of the scripture, the very first thing I believe that will get us moving forward in our our relationship with God is having vision. You know, Proverbs talks about uh, where there is no vision, where there is no revelation that says people perish, or other translations will say people cast off restraint, they go crazy. When there's no vision in our lives, there's no ability for us to move forward. You know, some of us like the idea of having, and, and I'm a bit like this, if Jesus came and said, hey man, uh, come follow me, I'd be like, hey, what's the pay rate? Because at the moment, if I catch X amount of fish, you know, I'm bringing in this amount of dollars, uh, you're asking me to leave that kind of my business behind here. These guys, they're like, they left their dad, the poor bloke. They're like, yeah, here dad, catch you later. Classic child move. But you know, the reality is, I'd be like, hey, man, what's the plan? What does is, what is being a fisher of people mean? Like, you're asking me to bring a net, and like, are we kidnapping people? Like, what, what's the deal, Jesus? Give me the roadmap. He doesn't. He paints a vision of their life. He goes, if you come and follow me, there's more for your life. There's more going on here for you if you come follow me. And he paints this vision for them, and they jump onto it. The reality for all of us is it's not a one-time deal, as I mentioned earlier. It's not understanding who Jesus is and then going, cool, I'm in. I'm in the circle now. I'm done. Now I'll just go back to doing whatever it is I was doing before that. There needs to be fresh vision and revelation in our life. It doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are, how long you've been following Christ for. We need to have that fresh vision and fresh revelation for our lives where he is speaking to us and he is at work. Doesn't mean we're going to get a roadmap. I'm sorry. Sometimes it might be more clear than other times. But is there a fresh vision in your life that is going to help you move forward? Getting better, making progress, always starts with vision. And what I love about God and what I love about faith is that we are not just a group of people to God. You're not just a, a group of people in a room. You're not just wherever you are online, sitting in a, in a room, watching a screen. You're not just a number to God. You're not even just a name. The Bible says that he, he knows each one of us. He knows each one of us better than he knows ourselves. He knows us better than to the point where he'll know the number of hairs on our head. Now, I know for some of us that's a lot harder than others. But the reality is he knows us better than we know ourselves. And for each one of us, he has a vision. And the way that vision and that revelation plays out in your life is going to be different to how it plays out in mine. That's what I love about God. It's not just a blanket, here you go. There are some things that as followers of Christ, he calls us all to do. We have mission and and all of that. But the reality is he knows you and he wants you to know him. And he wants fresh revelation in your life. And so the last thing God did in your life or you feel like he spoke to or there's a vision for your life was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, five years ago. That's not what he wants for your life. Fresh vision, fresh revelation. Imagine for Peter as he started that journey, he would have thought he was following a rabbi. I bet you he 
skipping forward to the end of his life. He didn't think all that was going to happen. Highs and lows and ups and downs. But the reality is he said yes. And when God calls us, when Jesus says, come follow me, come and do this, here's, here's what I want for you, we need to say yes. And walk into all that he has for us. It starts with a vision. And that next thing is, I love that they say yes. Drop their nets straight away. Yep, leave it behind. I'm out of here. No, like, oh, is this a nine to five thing, Jesus? Like, can I fish before following? Like, can I get up early fish? Like, what's the deal? It's just like, yep, no matter what, I'm just going to say yes. And I'm going to go and I'm going to follow after you. I was listening to a, a guy on the radio who, who finished one career and, and went into another. And um, they said, how did you generate these opportunities for yourself? Like, what did you do? Like, how did you find yourself in media and, and doing all these things? He said, I made myself a deal that when I finished, he's a footballer. And he said, when I finished that chapter of my life of football, I said, for 12 months, I would just say yes to anything. So anything anyone asked me to do, I'd just say yes. And I would just try it. Now, I'm not recommending that you just say yes to absolutely everything in your life. Like, have some discernment there. But the idea for him was, he was like, I don't know what I want to do next. I'm not sure where the, the, the path is leading me. I'm not sure what I want to do. So I'll just say yes, and I'll just try it. If someone presents something to me, it seems like a, a reasonable idea, I'm going to say yes. And so... He's forged an entire new career based off the idea of, I'm just going to say yes to an opportunity. I'm just going to allow the door to open. He's like, I'll try it once. If I don't like it, then I'll just put it to one side and I'll move on. There is a power in our lives in the word yes. Yeah, we need to have discernment, as I just mentioned. I don't say just yes to anything or that seems like a terrible life decision, so I'm going to say yes. But there's something of a certain kind of faith that comes out of a person who is willing to say yes who's willing to go, I'll give that a go. I, I won't let kind of fear or, or doubt get in my way. I'm just going to open myself up to what Jesus is calling me to do here, and I'm just going to say yes. Just going to step out. I'm just going to try it. Because if we wait until the outcome is kind of taken care of or we feel like we have control of everything, there's no real faith in that kind of step, is there? Because we're, we're doing it in our own strength. We're doing it with our own kind of worldly brain on. But when we can take a step of faith and say yes to what we're being called to, that's when God can move. I don't know how, many, how long the conversation went on for. It seems like a, the point of what he's making here is it was a pretty quick decision just to say yes. How many times in our lives do we hear God prompting us to do something and we let the moment go by and we, we don't say yes? We live in a, I, I think we're just living in a time right now where things can't get any more uncertain, can they? Like you wake up and you're like, nothing else could happen today. And you wake up and you read the news like, whoa, okay. Didn't see that coming or, or didn't see this coming or what is going, you know, we can't yield and, and, and let situations and circumstances kind of dictate how we live our lives as followers of Christ. We have to let Jesus dictate how we live our lives. And that involves us having a, a deep amount of trust in who he is and the ability to be able to say yes to what he calls us to. Does that make sense this morning? You're with me here. I know it's harder wearing a mask can't see the smiling faces. There's a few people that look a bit angry this morning. No angry emojis online, please. But we need to just be open enough to say yes to what God wants to do in our lives. The last thing uh, I think here that really opens up for these guys, all of them as they do their thing, is 
What it really comes down to is we need this vision in our lives. We need to see it for ourselves. We need to be able to see where Jesus is at work in our lives. There needs to be revelation. We need to say yes to that revelation. We need to step in, walk into what he has for us. But ultimately, the wrestle here for these guys is this. Are they willing to surrender what they have already to follow Jesus, or are they going to try and hold on to it? And ultimately, they choose surrender. Putting down their nets is ultimately, it is an act of surrender. Do I hold on to what I know? As you read through the Bible, I'm not even sure Peter was a great fisherman, so maybe it was a good out for him. Every time Jesus seems to see him, there's no fish in the nets. Like, have you ever noticed that? Like, throw the net on the other side. What? I haven't heard any stories where Peter actually catches fish. Other than when Jesus tells him to flip the net. But the reality is this. There would be a level of comfort that comes from having a secure job. They had the infrastructure, the nets cost money, they had boats, they had a, it was a legitimate operation they had going on here. And Jesus is like, if you want to follow me, you actually have to leave that behind. Leave it behind and I'll teach you something else. He paints them the vision. They say yes to it, but ultimately what do they do? They drop their nets. The other two, they leave their dad behind in the boat. See you, dad. Good luck with the family business. I'm going to go follow this guy. No real certainty, no real clarity, but an act of surrender. Surrender my income. Surrender my job. I'm going to leave behind everything that I know, everything that's comfortable, my routine. I'm going to put it to one side. I'm going to surrender it, and I'm going to follow Jesus. And as you go through the life of Peter, there is this, this waver to kind of sometimes go backwards, sometimes to, to maybe even choose to go, maybe I should just go back. Jesus actually gives them the option several times. Do you, when the crowds walk away, do you want to follow me or do, do you want to leave too? And one of the responses that Peter uses at one point is like, where else would we go? Like we've actually surrendered everything to follow you. Like we've given it all up. Left our families behind, left our businesses behind, left our resources behind to follow you, to walk in what you have for us, this vision, this revelation of what you have. I'm going to leave it behind, leave it all behind, I'm going to surrender. And I think sometimes in the world that we live in, this act of surrender can be the hardest thing to do. Because we do live in a place, and as con I am very conscious of the climate that we live in right now, but here is the reality. Compared to most parts of the world, we live a very comfortable life. Like I've gone through, I don't know if I should share this or not, but I've gone through a global pandemic without having a PCR test. And not because I'm defiant, I just haven't needed it. <laughs> I feel like COVID hasn't been anywhere near me. I don't know how that's, that's worked. I haven't like barely had to do anything. Like it's been a little bit of interruption for me, if I'm really honest. And I know that's not everybody's story, but when you look around the world at the climate of what is going on, aren't we blessed where we live? Does anyone feel that? Does anyone feel blessed to be in Perth, Western Australia? I do. I don't want to live anywhere else. I'm sorry for even having the thought of living anywhere else now. Almost like I feel like I need to apologize to people. I'm sorry I ever thought about living anywhere else. Oh, I love it here. I don't care what anyone says. The beaches are the very best. We have this great lifestyle here. And you know what it does? It creates comfort for us. And Jesus is saying, hey, come follow me. Hey, come, come do this. Here's Revelation and Vision. Oh, I'm so comfortable. I don't know if I want to give that up. 
don't know, I, have, if, I might just hold on to this for a little while. And, Jesus, could you just give me a little bit more detail on how that might work out for me? You know, Pastor Dean said this thing a couple of weeks ago that was really good, and it stuck with me about being in the water and treading water and thinking that you're just staying where you are, you're just treading. But often what happens is we actually drift. Went for a, we had our markets a, a couple of Friday nights ago, and it was scorching hot. Like, every time we do a market, it's like 40 degrees. Like, every time. Like, just... Actually, it's either 40 degrees or freezing. Like, there's no, there's no in-between. So it's like, bring six jumpers, or it's 40 degrees. And I was like, I'm just going to go for a swim. And people, I noticed there's this little bit, and a 40-degree day, it's hot. So there's lots of people on the beach. I'm like, I'm just going to go for a swim. That spot looks real clear. No one's swimming there. Straight out in front. This is awesome. Get in. Like, current just took me. I'm like, whoa. Like, and, then, and straight away, I was like, where's my stuff gone? Like, I just drifted. I saw Dion, I was like, man, if you're going to start swimming, go up there and like, you'll be back at the entrance by the time you're ready to get out. So leave your stuff, get in up there. And that is the picture of our comfortable lives. Yeah, Jesus, I'm, I'm down with you and, you know, I'll go to church on Sunday. I'll log in online on Sunday. I won't do certain things. I'll, I'll, I'll live in a, in a certain way, but as, as long as I can stay comfortable. And this is not me kind of trying to pot anyone or have a go because I see it in my own life all the time. I think about the things I could do and, and what gets in the way every time for me is comfort. And am I willing to surrender what is comfortable in my life, what makes me feel safe, to walk in what Jesus has for me in my life? Because ultimately it comes down to surrender. Do I surrender what I want? Do I surrender my life and choose to follow Jesus. For them, it was their nets. Throw your nets down. Throw your nets down and follow me. In my life, I don't have any problems with fishing nets. But I'm sure there are plenty of things that get in the way of fulfilling the call of God on my life. And my job is to surrender those things. There's a guy in our church um, who made a decision uh, coming out of our Imagine conference. And, and I want to share this story because I, I believe this is what surrender looks like. And I might actually invite the team to come up. We're going we're to wrap up in a moment. Who, who made this decision, God speaking to him at Imagine conference, saying, you need, you, you, you need to quit your job. Full-time job, secure income, young family. You need to quit your job. It's actually become, and I'll use this phrase, this is not his wording, this is mine, it's become a net in your life become a source of comfort. It's actually preventing you from walking in what I have for you. You need to quit your job. Now, I don't know about you, but if that was me, I'd be like, hang on a second. I'll quit, but Jesus, can you show me where the, like where the, where the money will come from so I can look after my family? Can you, can you show me what the, the next step might be? So I, I'll take a step if you show me a step. I, I begin to start negotiating with God because there's a lot on the line to make a decision like that, isn't there? Goes, has a discussion with his family. This is what I'm feeling. Well, if Jesus is telling you to do it, then do it. Quits his job. That's about all I can tell you about what's happening in that person's life. But what I know is that they're still here. God's providing for them. God's looking after them. But you know what? There's been opportunities in home life, in, in church life, in, in work life to do things differently and allow Jesus to take the reins of life and walk in what he has for that guy and his family. 
And I want to share that story because that's not me going, hey, you know, you know, you should all quit your jobs and come work for, you know, like come and work for, like we don't need you to do that. But you know what? Something as, as simple as a job, something that almost all of us need, can become a net in our lives. It can become that very thing that blocks us from giving access to God, to receive vision from God, to walk in what he has for us. And I admire so much that someone would hear that and go, you know what? I'm going to just quit. I don't, want, I don't want my work to be a net in my life. I don't want it to block what God has for me in my life. I don't want it to block what God has for my family in my life. So I'll surrender it. For me, that's an incredible, powerful testimony of someone that wants to follow Jesus. To someone who, when Jesus says, come follow me, ultimately that's what it looks like. What do I need to surrender? There's a, there's a phrase that's kind of, of a song I've been listening to a lot recently and it uses this word. I'm not even sure if it's a real word. It might be, but it kind of takes that word surrender and, and rephrases it into re-surrender. And it's this idea that in our lives, we try to take control of what's ours. We try to, some, even some of the good things that God gives us, we try and take control of that and go, that's mine. This is how it works in my life. This is how it plays out. And I'm going to do it in my own strength. And I'm going to live my life in my own strength. I'm going to do it out of my own strength. And I'm going to do it my way. And, and, and in following Jesus, if that kind of fits into that, then that's great. But the second it doesn't, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it in my own way. This idea of re-surrender is actually giving back to God what's initially His. It's one of these things that we talk about in our finances a little bit in our giving, that actually everything we get comes from God. But that's not just a money thing. Like my family was given to me by God. My job was given to me by God. My resources, my time, my talent, the gifts that I have in my life, they're not mine. It's not because I'm special. It's actually because it's the gift that God placed in my life. And I love that He knows us all because we all have these different gifts. We all have these different resources and, and things that God has put in our hands to ultimately come and follow Him. And this idea of re-surrender is saying, you know what, there's areas of my life that I've taken control of for myself. And if we're all honest, we all do it on some level. Some of us, it's with our work. Some of us, it'll be with our family. Some of us will be with our, you, you, you sit there and you'll know what they are for you. I know what they are for me. And I just want to control them. I want to do it my own way and I want to do it in my own strength. And there is this constant pull and tear in life between what God wants and what we want. And ultimately, it often just comes down to what makes us the most comfortable. What Peter walked into that day as he started to follow Jesus, let me tell you, would not have been comfortable. The years that he spent with Jesus would have been amazing, but anything but comfortable, anything but safe. Most of the time, probably no control over his own calendar and schedule and life and resources. But made a choice in uncertainty to walk in the call that Jesus gave to him of come and follow me. And so I wonder in your life today what it might be for you. What might your net be? Be different for me to what it is for you, but I guarantee you most of us here will have some kind of net. Now, please don't let me give you that example of that guy and go, please go and tell your boss that you're quitting tomorrow. That's, that's not it. Like the pastor told me I have to quit. I, I did not do that. 
But maybe for some of us, we work just a little bit too hard. We try and take control of that part of our life. Maybe for some of you, it's in, the, in, in areas of your family. and Maybe for others, it's how you use that time, treasure, talent that God's put in your life. But I believe that in this moment, God will highlight to you what your net is. What is that thing that's causing you to, what is it that you need to surrender? What is it maybe that you need to re-surrender today? Because maybe at some point you would have felt like, you know what, I've surrendered to, to my life in this space and I'm following Jesus. But somewhere along the line, you were like, yep, I'll just, this one's mine. Yep, Jesus, I'll come, but I'm just gonna bring this net with me. Just in case it doesn't, you know, just in case we get hungry, Jesus, I'll just throw my net out and catch some fish real quick. There was no plan B for Peter. Come follow me. And I'll actually do something extraordinary in your life. You know, at a time like this that we live in right now, I can't think of a better moment for God's people to stand up and say, yeah, I'll come follow you. You know what our world needs right now where it's hurting? And it seems like sometimes it's falling apart. Is God's people to rise up and say, you know what? I'm about following Jesus. Why do you have so much trust in your life? Oh, because it's Jesus. Why is there so much peace in your life during uncertainty? Because of Jesus. Why, you know, why, why is there joy in your life? Because of Jesus. And the fruit of what He would do in our lives is, is, should be so evident that we shouldn't even actually need to say it. it but it just starts with that little spark of come follow me and I'll teach you to fish for people but our responsibility is to drop what's comfortable to drop the net to drop our guard to leave it behind and follow after Jesus and so this morning what I wanted to do is create a moment for us to sing this old song I sometimes forget these old songs exist I don't look in that part of El Vanto sorry back end talk but this song just talks about here I am to worship here I am to bow down here I am to say that you're my God and in this moment to go search our own hearts and go what's my net in this space what's preventing me from following after Jesus what am I holding on to too tightly and have a moment of surrender to him maybe you've done it before and it, and it needs to be this idea of a moment of re-surrender saying God I, I realise I've, I've taken this and I'm doing it in my own strength. I'm just gonna hand it back to you. I'm gonna re-surrender this back to you. Maybe in your life you need some revelation. I feel like I've heard from Jesus for a long time. I feel like there's a fresh passion in my calling for Him. To have a moment say, Lord, give me some fresh vision from you so that I can walk in what you have for me. I don't wanna just go around in the motions. I wanna just walk in circles, but I actually wanna walk in what you have for me. And so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask us to stand. I'd love to pray for us in a moment. But I want to create a moment for us to be able to respond to what God is doing as we, as in our hearts as we sing this. And this won't be for everybody. There's two things I, I just feel. I, I, I love this picture of the guys going, Jesus going, leave your nets and come and follow me. And there is just this physical act of going, I'm going to drop this net and I'm going to leave it behind. And if that's you this morning and you feel like there is just something you need to surrender and you need to re-surrender, I'm gonna encourage you to do something a little bit different and we can still socially distance and we can still have space in this place, but to, to maybe just move from where you are. 
Maybe that's to come to the front and you can stand and, you know, open your hands. Maybe you might want to kneel. Maybe you might want to find a spot to, to stand quietly and kneel. In an act of surrender to God, say, you know what? I understand this is my net. I know what it is. Lord, reveal to me what my net is and I want to I wanna actually leave it behind today. And it's not like that can't be done from sitting in our seats, but I feel like sometimes there's just something in the response of what God is doing. A physical move to say, Lord, I want to walk in what you have for me. And so I want to encourage you, if that's you, to, to find your way to do that this morning. To actually engage with God. Maybe you're at home in your, in your living room or if you're in your car, please pull over. But wherever you, you are this morning, maybe you want to just kneel on your, on your lounge room floor this morning. Maybe you want to just stand and, and stand in your room and, and worship God. But whatever it is for you to have an actual response to what Jesus is doing in your life. Reveal to me what that net is. Reveal to me what that source of comfort is. Reveal to me what you're calling me to leave behind today. And I encourage you to respond in your own life to what Jesus is saying to you today. And secondly, you may want someone to pray for you. Maybe it's that prayer for some vision and some revelation of who Jesus is in your life. Maybe it's just a, a prayer to say, hey, could you pray for me to help me to really struggling with maybe letting this thing go or resurrendering or, or allowing God to move in this space in my life. Would you pray for me? We've got staff down here and you can specifically come over to this side so that we know, hey, I want you to pray for me. And we'll, mask up, we'll, we'll all wear our masks and we'll be able to pray that God would move in your life. But here's what I would encourage you to do. Don't miss a moment with Jesus this morning. When you think that any of this is about my words or, or, or what response there might be to a message, but it's a response to who Jesus is in your life and what He wants to do today. And so we're going to sing these words and declare this truth and, and actually worship our God. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you are my God. We're going to sing that together. And we're going to declare that as a church today. But if you feel like there's something else going on on the inside there that there's a little bit more for you to respond to, I just want to encourage you to do that. Say, can I pray for us and then we can, we can sing together. Lord, I thank you. That as we've mentioned, you know us so well. You know each one of us better than we know ourselves. And Lord, we thank you for this illustration out of the life of Peter where he's not perfect and he doesn't get it right all the time, but there is this heart to follow after the vision that you had for his life. Lord, may we absorb that this morning. May each one of us know that there is fresh vision, fresh revelation daily for us to get up and follow after you. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that myself included, we would figure out what those nets are and we would drop them, we would leave them behind and we would walk in what you have for us. Lord, may we fight off comfort, may we fight off fear, may we fight off insecurities and choose to walk in what you have for us and the vision that you have for our lives. So Lord, I pray that we would respond to you this morning with open hearts, open ears and open minds to absorb what you are saying to us today. Lord, we thank you that you are gracious and that you are loving and that you call us to walk in what you have for us. So may we begin to do that even more again this morning. We praise your name. Come on, why don't we worship him? If you wanna move, you wanna respond, but let's declare these words and sing out this truth about who our God is.